Welcome to Gen Gap Cast, the podcast that takes a look at society through the gender and generational perspectives. I'm Wade. I'm the dad. I'm Megan. I'm the daughter. And today we are talking about mores and taboos. And folkways. And folkways. Yes, let's add the folkways. You can't forget there. the folkways. You can never forget the folkways. It's like forgetting whipped cream on pumpkin pie. Can we just forget the pumpkin pie and just keep the whipped cream? No, we cannot. Okay. So, mores and taboos and folkways, Megan, could you tell the listening audience what a moray is? I would be more than happy to, as this is something I personally am very interested in. Mores are norms that are strictly enforced because they are thought essential to core values or the well-being of the group. So, put another way, they are concepts that can differ from one group or another, but they are something that society believes is good and valued and virtuous and adds to the well-being of everyone. Yes. Awesome. Well, Dad, why don't you tell us what taboos are? I would love to tell you what a taboo is. A taboo is a norm... Well, it is the violation of a norm that are very strongly ingrained in us. In other words, incest is a taboo. Open marriages are a taboo. Um, Doing or or not following certain religious beliefs or requirements or rules are taboo. That's taboo. That is a taboo. What's a folkway, Megan? A folkway. I love those. Folkways are norms, but they're not strictly enforced. They're also known as customs. Customs. Some folkways we have here in America. One of them is standing in lines or queues for those of you in Europe. (laughs) I hate standing in lines. Don't even get me started. Holding the door for someone if they're within a reasonable distance. Yes, that's just polite. Tipping at restaurants. Uh, More politeness. So it's basically, yeah, it's customs that are a part of the culture and a part of society. So I think we've got the definitions out of the way. Uh, So let's kind of dive in. So the, oh, it's a big topic, but let's try to kind of come down uh, and and get focused here. So if we have a, a taboo that has persisted, over the last 30 years, what do you think one of those taboos might still be? Ooh, that is a very good question. I think smoking is one of them. You think smoking is taboo, do you? What yeah. about what about vaping? Vaping, smoking. I feel like anytime you inhale smoke or vape into your lungs, <laughs> people are going to be like, y'all shouldn't do that. Yeah. Well, it's just think of the the uh, the practice of inhaling something into your lungs. I mean, smoke inhalation, right? People die of smoke inhalation. Lung and cancer yet, is a thing. Well, I'm just thinking about taking smoke into your lungs. That's just yeah. Now, uh, full transparency, former smoker did yep. it for 20 years. So I'm not out here being 
you know, just trying to flex them on people. Uh, I can speak from experience. So you think smoking is a taboo? I think that smoking is a taboo, but I feel like vaping in itself, some people view it as a taboo, a taboo but it's actually... To a lot of people, it's a it's a culture. It's a way of life. It is. It absolutely is. And I think it's um, it's definitely evolved over time, right? So when I began smoking, uh, actually it was more socially acceptable. Uh, there was it was on the decline, right? I mean, there was a time when smoking was was the thing. I mean, you pregnant women smoked. Yeah, you had all kinds smoked, of advertisements. Your cat smoked. <laughs> your cat smoked. You had all types of uh, types of advertisements that actually were, were uh, you know, talking about the the virtues and the the, the <laughs> yeah the good things that smoking does for you. What is that? Well, you know, it makes you it smooths you out, calms you down. There's nothing like having a cigarette after dinner, right? It was a it was socially acceptable. You know, men used to retire after dinner and they would put on their smoking jackets and they would sip their smoking brandy. Jackets? They would drink yes. Smoking jackets, jackets that were made of usually velvet and you'd put them on and they usually have like an emblem or something on them and you would sit around and you would have your sifter of brandy and your cigar or your cigarette and you would, you would talk about things. I'm amazed that it can be so pretentious and so tacky at the same time. Uh, oh, it was incredibly pretentious. I feel jacket. like the velvet jacket should be a taboo. <laughs> uh, I agree with you. Uh, but again, those, that, those were different days. And, you know, when I was growing up, smoking was just, was, was on the decline, right? Uh, a number of, of medical reports had come out that, that talked about the deleterious impacts and effects that c- cigarette smoking had. Like lung cancer? Like lung cancer. And death? Emphysema. Asthma. Uh, asthma. I mean, yeah. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's not good for you, right? Yeah. Um, and so it was starting to become more and more taboo. Uh, actually, it wasn't really a taboo yet. It was something that was that was looked frowned upon, and that actually was starting to move into different types of society. It was so. So would you say it was declining in popularity? Yes. Okay. De- absolutely declining in popularity, and it was actually becoming the, the activity of of, you know, lower, I don't know, I won't say lower class, but, but it was moving out of polite society, uh, into more of the, uh, uh, you know, the, the outer bands of society. Right. Yeah. So, so we think that, that smoking has now become full on taboo. I feel like it's on its way there. I wouldn't say it's a full on taboo because I don't think people, a good majority of people look at smokers and like, oh my gosh, do you do you see what they're doing? It's disgusting. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, although you're starting to hear more and more of that. I mean, I think laws are, are are being passed that are pushing smokers farther and farther, literally farther and farther farther away of society. Right, pushing it outside the building, and so it becomes, yeah, I think more taboo like. What about some of the other taboos like premarital sex or um, interracial relationships? Or shall we go deeper and say abortions? Uh, well, that which question for you. Yeah. Would you categorize a taboo? Sorry, abortions as taboo or the break of a more? 
That's a great question. I think that it would be more taboo because the way, the reason I say it becomes more taboo is because there is a religious, uh, there are religious overtones associated with it. Um, there are, uh, you know, uh, there, there's all kinds of, of emotion and feeling and baggage tied up in abortion, right? Everybody has uh, strong opinions about it one way or the other. And so I think that, you know, it, it could be something that uh, could be anywhere in a moray or, or a taboo. Um, what about, let's go back to uh, sex before marriage or you're living together. Yes. Uh, I think that that was definitely something that was uh, taboo in, in my childhood. Uh, you saw it in, in media, right? You saw it in, in TV. I mean, there's three's company, uh, three's uh, company. Yeah. So there's, <laughs> this is a great show. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, th- I think I'll stick with it. It was a great show. Um, and I'll probably get all kinds of comments about that. Our in producer fact, our, shaking our, our his head. Our super producer shaking his head. Uh, but it was the, the, the conceit of the show was that there was a single guy. Yes. That uh, needed an apartment. Mm-hmm. And so he moved in with his friends. His friends happened to be uh, two young ladies, uh, single okay. women. And the landlord was very conservative and did not want a single guy and single girls living together. And so uh, they concocted a story that uh, Jack, the, the main character, was gay. And so because he was gay, it was okay that he, le- he uh, you know, uh, lived with two single women. And so that was, that was a, a, a social lesson wrapped up in, in a comedy, a situational comedy on, on TV. But what that said is, you know, you can't live together. If you're not married, men and women should not live together unless one's gay, unless one's gay. And then it's okay. But they even, they actually even talk about the, the tabooness of homosexuality, right? They just kind of brush past that and use that as part of the, you know, the, the trope for the sitcom that said it was there for jokes. It was there for jokes today. I think it's actually common wisdom, at least in, in my social circles, that if uh, a couple is getting together, uh, regardless of, of gender or gender identification or whatever, if a couple is getting together and they want to be together for a long time, they want to be committed to one another, they might even want to take the step of marriage, that they live together first. Yes. I See, that's a taboo that I that has shifted, I think. I don't... I think some people still view it as taboo, but it's more widely accepted, especially within my generation. It's almost expected that you live together before you get married. I, absolutely. I think that's that's absolutely true. So I think it's exited the realm of taboo and it's almost like, I don't know, like a prerequisite for marriage. Well, I mean... For some people. Well, Here's the thing, and and again, not to get too far away from the subject of the, of the podcast, but I think that, um, well, actually, it ties right in because why taboos and mores and folkways evolve over time is because needs 
and situations. Society evo- itself Society changes. evolves over time, right? And so you have a society that looks at it and says, well, okay, we've got a 50% divorce rate. What are some of the reasons why there's such a high divorce rate? Well, could one of them be that couples, you know, live together only after they're married and find out they're not compatible, right? One is a mess. You know, we've got our, our odd couple type of situation. One is a neat freak. The other one is not. And one is, you know, uh, uh, someone who likes to... Someone who snores. Somebody who snores, right. Or, you know, has interesting um, personal, you know, grooming uh, uh, routines they go through. So again, it's just, I think it gives a a couple an opportunity to work those things out Mm -hmm. before they get into a committed relationship. I completely agree. I'm, I definitely plan on living with my future. You see, I don't even know that segues into what I want to talk to next is marriages versus common law. Okay. Because I feel like if you back in your generation, when the dinosaurs roamed, um, (laughs) the idea of a man and a woman living together and not being married even though they were, let's say they, they've been living together for seven years, so they're a common law. Right. People, I think people used to still view that as living in sin. Oh, if absolutely. you weren't married. It was taboo, right? I mean, a man and a woman should not live together out of wedlock. Exactly. But that's changed, and I want to talk more about that after we get back from the break. I have to go pay some bills. Excellent. See you on the other side. <laughs> and we're back so before the break we were talking about mores taboos and folkways yes and you were wanting to talk through some uh, of the uh, relationship taboos and mores and folkways like common law marriage and yes. premarital sex and things like that you're so correct go wow so forceful uh, thank you um i'm curious to see from your point of view how has that changed from when you were, you know, a young man looking for marriage or partnership to what you see with couples nowadays? Like, ha- was, it a, was it a taboo still, the common law marriage aspect? Was that still taboo in your It was more life? folklore. It was more actually like urban myth. I mean, uh, the common law marriage. I don't think I knew anybody that was actually common law married, but... You know, you heard about it. Like, you know, you were together as a couple for a certain amount of years. I think and it's seven. Yeah. The, again, I think it's seven, right? Nobody really knows. Um, <laughs> and, you know, then the, the state considers you married. And so um, I think that that's not necessarily a taboo or a more. I think it's more of a... 
just don't talk about it. He, well, no, it's not even a talk, talk about it because there was there was no shame associated with common law marriage. It was just but there's shame associated with living together out of wedlock. Absolutely, it's because of the the what's happening in the bedroom, right? It's it's not anything other than that. It's you know you've got an unmet unwedded woman and an unwedded man, and they're they're having sex, right? They're committing one of the seven deadly sins and they're doing so out of wedlock. And that was a social no-no. All right, well, let's get into that because I feel like a lot of today's mores and taboos and folkways actually kind of derive from the seven deadly sins. For those of you that don't know what those are, the seven deadly sins are pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, Wrath and sloth, my favorite. Sloth. Every time I hear that word, all I picture is a really cute face. Shit to And really kind of an ugly body. Uh, not, yeah, not, not a good looking body. Cute as hell face, though. So, Adorable. yes, I, uh, now that you've opened up the seven deadly sin can of worms, uh, those, I would imagine, are where a number of the mores and taboos come from. Right, because if you look back on, or if you look at what is considered a more or a taboo in today's society, you can draw a direct line to one of these things. I feel like most of them have to do with either lust or mostly lust. Well, okay. So you, again, I, d- I don't want to get too caught up in the thought that every more or every taboo has to do with sex. It doesn't, right? There are, you know, smoking, we, we've already talked about. That has nothing to do with sex, right? That is a social taboo. Um, you know, cor- coarse language, inappropriate language in polite company is a social taboo. Um, not paying or not offering to pay for a meal or your part of, the, of a meal is a social taboo. So again, it doesn't have to be sexual in nature, but I would agree that a number of them do stem from either greed, lust, envy, uh, or pride. I would like to talk about that because I don't feel like society or our society views greed as a taboo really anymore. I feel like it's celebrated. Okay. Uh, is, do you believe that's a recent sort of uh thing because I feel like and please forgive me if my history is off because didn't involve me so therefore it's not important I feel like after such a millennial thing to say (laughs) hashtag millennial um (laughs) I feel like after World War Two ended and like everyone came back. Yeah. Like they're like, we survived. We're going to live our lives. We're going to have kids. We're going to get married and we're going to pursue the American dream, which right. is. I feel like cultivating a bunch of things, cultivating land, money, status. I feel like. Yeah, I think I you're feel, you're conflating a couple things. Conflating? Cause, yeah, because after the 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 GIs returned. Um, the American dream was not about greed. It was not about cultivating any of those things you talked about. It was about rebuilding a nation after war Mm -hmm. and putting people back to work. Okay. And so, um, there was, you know, the, the white house or the the house and a white picket fence that was, yeah, that was more about, Hey, let's get on. We just came back from a really terrible thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, 
let's get on uh, with rebuilding America and creating a better life. Uh, That's what it was about. Now, where it went is in the 1980s, you had, you know, famous, um, was it Greco out of a character out of a, a movie called Wall Street. Michael Douglas played Gordon Greco. And his famous line is, greed is good. And so I think that, you know, you had a change in the 1980s and into the 90s and now into today where materialism definitely became more of a focus. So would you agree with me in saying that greed isn't so much of a taboo anymore? I don't think it is necessarily a taboo. I think it's... It may be a social ill. Um, and I don't even say that. Yeah. We I don't are know. so obsessed with the rich and the famous. Yeah. Which is basically celebrating greed and pride. Yeah. I, I, you can't talk to me into it. I can understand where you're coming from. I don't personally think that greed is a taboo. I don't think it's... I think it's, it's, it's something that's definitely not great for society. Uh, I think it's something that, uh, it, you know, it, uh, can have, you know, like I said, negative impacts. Again, the reason why we have taboos and mores and folkways is to, as a member of society to help us understand what the boundaries are and understand what the rules are and what is, and what is not acceptable. Uh, but I don't know that greed has yet to become something that's unacceptable. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. Let's kind of go down the list a little bit then. So we've talked about greed. We've talked about lust and uh, a little bit of, of pride. What about like sloth and wrath? Right. So sloth being. Sloth is definitely a, like, a, I want to say a taboo in especially today's society because we are <laughs> very focused on work. Okay. So this is where we're going to disagree. Right, because I think that today's society or today's generation, the millennials and what comes next, aren't as focused on work as you think they are. I think that they are focused on other uh, pursuits. Uh, you know, we, when I was growing up uh, at 15 years old, I was expected to go get a job and everything else came secondary, right? Uh, well, not school, but everything else my personal life, my pursuits, my hobbies. My, my wants, my desires all became secondary. I think today what I see is, um, you know, a generation that's wanting to, you know, put enough work in, um, so they can go, they can, uh, it can finance their play. And so I think that, I, I don't know that, uh, you know, it's a, yeah, that, that's what I perceive. What about work-life balance? It's a lie. Work-life balance doesn't exist. I don't think it's possible to balance your work and your life. I think it's it's hard. You try to find harmony, uh, but there's always going to be one that is encroaching on the other. You see, I'm I'm going to disagree with you. I don't think millennials nowadays are necessarily lazy. In fact, I feel like there is so much pressure on us to do something like. You know, idle hands are the tools of the devil or whatever it's called. Yep. Like, I feel guilty for taking a nap. 
<laughs> but that's okay. That's you, and I don't think that you are um, in uh, that you are in emblem not emblematic is that the word? You are not indicative uh, of of society at large. Just like I'm not indicative of society at large. We're two members of it, um, but you know when we talk about uh, the taboo of sloth or we talk about the taboo of being lazy or the taboo of not pulling your weight in society, which are, which is definitely a taboo, right? Um, I think that the generations definitely have different, different viewpoints on this. I think today's generation, um, isn't pulling its weight and you think that it is. I'm just going to say all of my friends, and maybe it's just the people I surround myself with, they get anxiety from asking for days off work. Why is that? Because they feel like if they aren't working, they're lazy, or work comes first. Interesting. I've had friends that have been extremely sick, and they still won't call out of work. I don't think you, because you're not part of my generation, I don't feel that you understand the pressures that we actually feel. We actually feel a lot of pressure to because we've been told we're lazy we've been told that we're not that we're immature we've we've been told that we're special snowflakes and yes some of us are some of us are very special snowflakes (laughs) but a good majority of us like we feel that pressure we feel like we have to work to basically kind of so do you feel that the pressure you're talking about, do you feel like you're, you're committing a taboo? You feel like you're going against what society is, is expecting nor you're going against a norm. Is that the pressure you're feeling or is it from parents or is it? I feel like it's because of the norm, because the norm is you work five days a week, right? Eight hours, eight hours every day. Right. And if you don't work that, um, it affects your life in many ways. It affects it socially because you can be seen as, well, why don't you have a full-time job? Or, oh, you can only get a part-time job? Hmm, I wonder why. Like, there's a lot of judgment around that. Right. And especially, like, the entire reason you go to college is to get a job, is to work. So that would be, okay, I, I, I hear you. And I think that, um, you know, that is definitely something that, Sounds like aligns with Amore, right? Right versus wrong. What is right? What is wrong? Uh, it's right to work. At least society says it's right to work and, and pull your weight. And it's wrong to be, um, you know, someone who is entitled or is somebody that is expecting somebody else to do something for you when you're not doing it for yourself. Yeah. Okay. Love it. Well, I thank you. For that was like one of the most energized conversations we've had uh, in any of our seasons. That oh, was awesome. Very passionate. I can tell. I got your passion aroused. That's awesome. Could you feel my wrath? I could feel. <laughs> I could feel your wrath. But I'm bum. Okay, so yeah, we'd love to hear what you have to think. Um, we've been getting some great comments on our Facebook page from past episodes. Um, we'd love to hear your comments. Uh, on taboos, mores, and folkways, and how you see uh, them evolving and changing over time. 
Uh, how would they? How would somebody let us know what they're thinking, Meg? Well, you can join our Facebook group, which is Gen Gap Cast on Facebook. You just type that into the handy search bar, and then Facebook will take you there. <laughs> Was that the new jingle? Yeah. Facebook will take you there. Mm-hmm. I'm, we're, it's, we're, we've got to call Mark and let him know that's his uh, his new tagline. Facebook and where there is, there. is straight to a mental hospital. Uh, exactly. Psych ward. We can, you uh, can also go email ahead. us yep, we're at, at GenGapCast. Sorry, uh, info at GenGapCast.com. Right, which is also the address of our website. And you can find this podcast wherever you find your podcast, whether that be in Apple iTunes or Google Play or iHeartRadio. Spotify. Yes, Spotify. Uh, or tune in. Stitcher. Stitcher. There's another one. So again, we are in, uh, we're in the pod space, and pod please, universe. Wherever pod. you listen to us, please go and leave a review. Give us five stars because if you don't, I will cry. You don't want her to cry. It's ugly. I she, like tears. Ugly cries. It's down it's my horrible. face. The the snot. It's just <laughs> you. You don't want to make me cry. Cry. Don't make Quai? me cry. <laughs> okay. Well. We're going to end this here, uh, and the way we always end it is, I'm Wade, I'm the dad. I'm Megan, I'm the daughter. Thank you so much for listening. We love you all.